Well, welcome to our podcast part two. We are journeying with you during the Lenten season with the book called The Way of the Disciple. And myself and Sarah Scheinemann will be sharing our thoughts on the second chapter, which is called The Invitation Come to Me. So as we enter into this, we just want to say thank you uh, most of all for joining us. And we're hoping that during Lent, this is a time for you to be refreshed, rejuvenated, and recentered on Jesus Christ and his mission and his will for your life. Uh, Sarah, I'll quick invite you just to maybe share what you shared with me before we began. But what is standing out to you in this second chapter that you would like us uh, to know what's stirring in your heart? Yeah. Thanks, Father. Hello, everyone. It's good to be with you again. And I did really love this chapter. One of the things that I've been praying for really since my 30-day retreat, which I was so blessed to make about a year and a half ago now, was this desire to enter more deeply into or have a glimpse of the life of the Trinity, really, mm -hmm. the love shared between the Father and the Son that is so powerful that it becomes another person, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think um, Erasmo slash Father Simeon mm -hmm. gives us a glimpse of that in this chapter. So he looks especially at Matthew chapter 11, 25 to 30. And I'll just read it for us because mm -hmm. it's a beautiful passage mm -hmm. from the gospel. It's on page 41 if anyone has their book and is following along book. that way. Right. <laughs> uh, so it says, At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your glorious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, that's where we get the title for the chapter, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he talks about how this is like a veil being pulled back, mm -hmm. and we have a glimpse into this dialogue that must have been ongoing all the time mm -hmm. between the Father and the Son. So we just have a little picture of it here. And it begins with gratitude, which I think is so beautiful that that's the the start of Jesus's prayer, mm -hmm. thanking his father and how many times he must have thanked his father for all the good that he saw him doing in him and through him and in the world. Uh, we see him acknowledging the gracious will of the father, uh, that the father has given him all things. So it's just this, I think this beautiful glimpse into the inner life of mm -hmm. Jesus with his father. Um, so... That's the thing that stood out to me yeah. most, that I'm most grateful for in this chapter, the joy and thanksgiving that he shares with his father, that communion. Yeah, I think that even kind of goes into um, his desire for us not to carry the weight of the world on our mm -hmm. shoulders. Um, and I think just sometimes we're just doing so much worldly activity that it even talks about, um, let me go back to my page here. It says, I will give rest to your soul. And I think that that is sometimes a thing we forget about our soul mm -hmm. in the midst of we know about our minds and our emotions because we're bombarded mm -hmm. with it all the time. But how is our soul doing? And sometimes our souls are, you know, we need to find rest for our souls. And that's mm -hmm. that, that part of us um, that is meant to receive that gravitational pull that he mm -hmm. talks about of 
the Father desires. So we're actually created for that rest. Um, I think one thing that kind of points to where how he wants us to find that rest is pointed to on page 36, which I just find uh, just the best. Because <laughs> um, he says a few things. He says that the quest to understand the mysteries of revelation um, is meaningless without an accompanying desire to change one's life so that our organs of interior perception may be restored to their pristine health. Our organ of, would be obviously our soul he's talking mm -hmm. about there. But then he talks about, you know, uh, he says, uh, Jesus went up into the hills and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he created 12, or some days he made 12, uh, in order that they might be with him to be, and to be sent out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. And I think these five elements, he talks about the, the reality of discipleship, is sometimes a sobering truth. Um, if we want to come to him, we have to have solitude with him, uh, deep rest in him. He's, number two is his freedom, his freedom in choosing and calling. Um, so the Lord spent time in prayer before he called people, which I think we can always do too. And he says, our response to the call is the third. And the fourth one is a shared life of companionship with Jesus and the other disciples. And the fifth one is the mission to teach and heal. And he says, it is noteworthy that of these five elements, only the fifth involves any visible activity in the world. But I think that's just such a hard thing for us to comprehend because if we want to come to him, uh, if we're laboring and we're burdened, then um, a lot of the work that he wants to do in us is invisible. <laughs> and it's yeah. hard because, you know, it's not going to be on TikTok. It's not going to be on Snapchat or YouTube or uh, Instagram. It's growing in that invisible reality uh, within that deeper interior life. And I was just wondering I mean, if you want to talk about maybe it's that, that tiredness of always needing to perform or always need to be doing something, which I think even Lent can be yeah. a crutch to do more. Mm -hmm. um, but suddenly we learn that less is more. Yeah. Well, I, I agree that rest is an important theme in this chapter and pulling away from that activism we were talking about last week. For me, where that come, comes out most strikingly is on page 49. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how we often see rest as something we do to rejuvenate ourselves so that we can go back and do more stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and he said, actually, that's not what the Lord is intending. It's to be this constant state of being with mm -hmm. him that he's inviting us into so that mm -hmm. every moment, that's what Jesus shared with his father, this state of rest and delight in him. I'm thinking mm -hmm. back to a conference I went to years and years ago. Uh, Dallas Willard was the speaker there. He's a Protestant mm -hmm. um, speaker. We love Protestants too. Yeah, <laughs> who, who has since passed away. Um, mm -hmm. But he, the only thing I remember from that whole conference is this one line. He says, Jesus was the most relaxed person ever. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. always relaxed. That state of rest, of being mm -hmm. at rest with the father. So it's not just like, I need a rest so I can store up energy and go out and do things. No, it's yeah. a, a, a way of being. That was me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, maybe if I sleep a little bit longer, I'll have more rest to do more. <laughs> That's not the right idea. Right. So he wants to give rest to our souls. That's a state of life, the natural mm -hmm. condition in which a child of God habitually exists and not just a passing phase of recovery. It is a deep condition of soul that is quite compatible with all the ordinary exterior activities and efforts of human life. Drop the mic. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and he also says the rest is not laziness or restoration of energy mm -hmm. in order to get back to serious work. It's an end in itself. Mm. Think about, you know, for those of us who pray the liturgy of the hours, mm -hmm. the invitatory every day is talking mm -hmm. about how because 
God's children were disobedient to him, they could not enter into that state of mm. rest. But this is what he's inviting us into every day to rest in him and have our, our being and our doing come out of that. So you're trying to tell me if we... <laughs> I'm being facetious here. Uh, you're trying to tell me if we actually do what God tells us to do, we'll be more restful, yeah, happier, joyful. It's amazing you know? how that works. Yeah. And I think it's like he talks about... I like the, the translation... Uh, with this particular uh, passage of Matthew when he says, uh, not like a child, but he says he uses the word infant. Mm. And then above on page 49, what you talk about, he says, he says, this is what Jesus' disciple must learn, the freedom mm. of the babbling child mm. on the father's lap. Jesus' you know, quote, come to me, is in fact a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy where he says, you shall suck of my prosperity, prosperity. you shall be carried upon my hip and dandled upon my knees as one whom his mother comforts so I will comfort you so I think also that that rest is comforting mm -hmm. um, and it takes time to like I don't know I think of this image by uh, another non-catholic or non-christian uh, Liz Swindell she has an image um, of Jesus uh, a little child a little girl speaking mm -hmm. to Jesus like kind of like in her little sandals playing with her toes and like Jesus is just sitting there um, listening to her you know, just totally fascinating. The child is just like so happy to babble mm. to Jesus. And I think that that's uh, a part of it is having that, that childlike, that infant-like mm -hmm. dependency. And as the mother does that, so more does Jesus mm -hmm. as comforting us. Mm -hmm. um, that can be hard, though, because we have wounds mm -hmm. that make us think of our own human family. And sometimes mm -hmm. our own human family can make us resistant towards that. I wonder if maybe you could talk about... Um, Maybe this process of laboring and being tired and resting the Lord can also be a process of healing. Mm, yeah. Well, I think you're right on that being little. I mean, that's what Jesus is saying in that Matthew passage, right? Mm -hmm. The mysteries of the kingdom of God are revealed to the little ones. And I I think we just want we want to be big sometimes, <laughs> or bigger than we yeah. think we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and the freedom of being little. Mm-hmm. But you're right, there is healing that needs to come because a lot of times our experiences of being little or trusting human beings don't work out so well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where Mary actually is a huge help to us, both her own model of mm -hmm. being little before the Father, but mm -hmm. also... You know, we do know that in those times when it's hard to go to the Father because we might have blocks, you know, yep. <laughs> in our own fatherly relationship, she can be mother to us and mm -hmm. be tender with us and help us approach the Father. And I think you shared in a homily recently a, a beautiful image of that from your own retreat, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Maybe you want to share that with our listeners yeah. today. So I think um, uh, there's a need, there's a, a, for men in particular, uh, psychologically being removed from the mother's breast can be a very difficult thing when they're being uh, fed by their mother and then that necessity of being fed that closely to Mary as mother is really really important um, I think that it, it, it's, it's like being uh, some people call being naked with God mm -hmm. like you're placing yourself as you are no clothes on in Mary's arms or in the father's mm -hmm. arms and you're allowing if it's God, the Father, you're putting your ear on his heart as John, the beloved disciple, did. And is listening to his heart say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then with Mary, she, as she fed Jesus, ought, ought we not to be fed by her? 
And that can be if we're brought up in kind of a Puritan sense, or we don't have a healthy understanding of the body, or if we've unfortunately been abused and told our body is bad and you don't do that, um, that can be a bit of a, sometimes the evil one can have a stronghold on us. So we can't rest. We can't let go. And I think even the, the deeper sense of that rest would be like resting in the spirit. Um, so if anybody has had that happen to them before, that would be uh, where you, I would say you let go and let God and you're just fighting and you're fighting and sometimes people will be praying with you and you just fall over. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, remember when that happened, I was seeing people go up and getting prayed with and I'm like, this is a bunch of hooey. Mm-hmm. I've never heard this, seen this stuff before. And then one of the holiest people I know, I saw get prayed with and then she went down and I was like, uh-oh. And then when I was being prayed with, they had um, the host, the, a consecrated host in a Luna, which is a little glass piece that holds that, uh, the Lord. And I remember I, I walked up and you, what they were doing is they were taking the host and resting on people's foreheads and just letting the Lord rest mm-hmm. on them so they could rest in him. Mm-hmm. And not any sooner than when they moved the host two inches towards me, I fell down. <laughs> and it was hard because as I'm resting in the Lord, or people, my people, some people like call it getting slain in the spirit or being baptized in, this, in the spirit, um, it was really, really hard to lay there, mm-hmm. even knowing I was out. But mm-hmm. I was like my... My soul's like, I'm so tired. My body's like, I'm so tired. My mind's like, why don't you get up and do something? Mm-hmm. And I had to like say, Jesus, I'm just going to rest here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was so quiet on the inside, that rest that he wanted. I remember going to bed that night and everything was quiet. The voices inside were quiet. The Even the interior ruckus um, mm-hmm. that we all have from time to time was just quiet. And then I woke up the next morning and it was like the Feast of St. Benedict. And obviously, we know his story with like the raven, mm-hmm. and there were like crows or ravens around the tent that I was sleeping in. It was super, super loud that morning. Um, were they feeding you? Yeah, yeah, something. Get up, get up. It's time to rest enough. Um, but yeah, it was like so important just to rest. And I think there can be fear of even like letting ourselves be caught. Mm-hmm. Like, will someone catch me mm-hmm. if I if I fall? Mm-hmm. And in, in that act of resting, mm-hmm. um, maybe you could talk about your own experience of letting yourself be caught so you could rest in the Lord um, in your own conversion experience of being a Protestant, being a Catholic? Yeah, well, I think, as you were talking, I had this picture of, like, a child who's overtired, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they just, like, like start running around and doing crazy things, Mm -hmm. and it looks like they have a lot of energy, but really they're exhausted, and they're just longing for, like, the mother to come and, or the father to hold them and let them relax and fall asleep. (laughs) Um, and I think about that in my own journey of like struggling with the Lord about some things, especially for me, I'm a consecrated virgin, but I mm-hmm. had this desire to be married and I had mm-hmm. this struggle, ongoing struggle with the Lord mm-hmm. and eventually I had to just like let him take me in his arms and mm-hmm. hold me and stop fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the invitation came to rest and to be mm-hmm. with him. And so, you know, we are like little children encourage those if you're running around and fighting and struggling maybe the invitation actually is just to stop mm-hmm. and sit and allow the Lord to hold you or Mary yeah. to hold you mm-hmm. um, it's when we give up the fight that there's a lot of fruitfulness I think yeah I you you're kind of like leading into uh, on page 46 at the bottom of that paragraph it says, it says that no one can be a Christian without learning how to become totally dependent upon God mm-hmm. as Father in union with Jesus as our brother and Mary as our mother. And then over to page 47, um, it talks about what is uh, impedes that. It says, well, God's good pleasure leads to 
our insertion into the, into the community of divine persons, worldly autonomy leads to splendid isolation and eventually mm -hmm. death of soul since it cuts off the source of life. So autonomy is like the self-will. It's mm -hmm. I got this, that, that spirit of self-reliance, which is pride. If you haven't renounced spirit of pride, I highly encourage you to repent of that. It's a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but even going further, he says spiritual childhood must not, however, be ministered or misinterpreted as perpetual infantilism or immaturity mm -hmm. in the psychological sense or some kind of mental deficiency stupidly embraced. He says the kind of childhood dependence on the father meant here can be understood only if we look at Jesus as a living example of what is meant. It says in him, radical dependence on the father and obedience to him enabled him to accomplish marvelously bold and vibrant things that are the opposite of limp indifference to preach the truth, oppose tyrants, love and heal poor and sick, teach the ignorant thy on the cross to redeem the world, rise from the dead by his Father's power, and send the Holy Spirit to recreate our hearts. I think like that limp indifference is like so many students on campus, mm -hmm. not to like point them out or anything like that, but like, like uh, Bishop Barron said at the Sikh conference, if you have been presented the gospel, there is no way you can remain indifferent towards the person mm -hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. And if we keep calling him like some great great wise mind or some good philosopher or whatever a good teacher it's like that's extremely disrespectful <laughs> and we can't allow people to like, we have to really make sure we're, we're learning about him always ourselves so when someone remains indifferent we actually have like a sorrow in our hearts mm -hmm. um even like a child if, if someone said something bad about their dad mm -hmm. or their mom like no you don't know them like mm -hmm. i know them mm -hmm. um but to have, to have that limp indifference i think it's like a really interesting wording yeah. the way he puts that there but he's obviously a word wizard yes he is mm -hmm. so many beautiful metaphors and pictures here mm -hmm. yeah in that same section mm -hmm. on 46 the part that i was drawn to um the fundamental requirement for us to be admitted to such divine knowledge that knowledge of the inner mm -hmm. life of god is that we become like little infants interiorly, as we've been talking about. That is, that we at the deepest level give up trying to generate our own meaning and to be lords and masters of our own lives. It's the mm -hmm. surrender of that pride. And instead begin living by faith in what God can do for us. Mm -hmm. When I was working for a university a few years ago, their uh, admission slogan was, write your own story. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and... I think that's what a lot of people are trying to do. They're trying to write their own story mm -hmm. instead of surrendering, being little, and letting the Lord write their story, right. realizing actually that is the adventure. That's where the beauty is going to come. Right. Not by trying to do it ourselves to make meaning for ourselves, but to receive the gift of That's like of a lot of pressure, life. too, isn't it? To write it is. Like, <laughs> and I, I, like some people talk about, like, I don't know if it was you who said it, but like the Bishop of India or something like that talked about being... Uh, in the hand of God and like, like God the divine artist in oh. writing beautifully with the Holy yeah, Spirit. That wasn't there. me. But no, that, cool. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> but I think it'd be like what if it said like let God write your story. Yeah. Um, because that would that would make sense. And as you're, you were talking, I was thinking of uh, last week we talked about the uh, desire to become like clay in his hands. But even if you think of an infant, a newborn baby, mm -hmm. they, they, they take the shape of the arms of the, the, yeah. the person holding them because they don't have any they're so like pliable, right, yeah. and they are in the hands. They're limp of, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no limp. In, it's like it's like the it's like having a, as Saint Ignatius calls it that holy indifference, mm -hmm. knowing God can work through anything, even mm -hmm. a little child. Um, 
So like I know some people like there in this corona time have become pregnant and if you're listening to this, it might be scary, but I think of just what the beauty you can do to mold and shape a child. Mm -hmm. And actually as um, John Paul II called being co-creators mm -hmm. with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think what a gift it is to be a parent uh, during this time when so many people are living in fear. And I think we're gonna have an explosion of life because obviously um, some people unfortunately have passed from the virus, but that also means when people shack up um, <laughs> during the winter season. Nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. <laughs> babies are gonna come. So we're gonna have a lot of, I'm gonna call them Corona babies. And uh, I think they're gonna be one of the biggest gifts to our world um, mm -hmm. in this time. And I think, um, he, he goes even further. I just have to keep reading this stuff because he's just so good. He says, Christian, on page 47, he says, Christian dependence on God produces attitudes and deeds of freedom. While most often the so-called, quote, successful, unquote, people of this world labor under slavery that puts glum looks on their mm -hmm. faces and makes them prisoners of apathy, which is juxtaposed with children. So he says, mm -hmm. children, on the other hand, so dependent on their parents, enjoy a freedom at play and a capacity for joy that adults normally lose. Because adult, quote, autonomy, unquote, mostly means establishing mm. ourselves as God. An unnatural burden that is sure to crush us after a few initial thrills. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. He's such a good... I think if we put that pressure on ourselves, it's just like, it's just not fair. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can almost like, it's almost like, I imagine, I guess the image that comes to my mind is like seeing a really, really big person holding a child and then that person, that child holding a child mm -hmm. and then that person's arm, a child and a child mm -hmm. and a child. It's almost like an infinite, infinite progression of like being held. Mm -hmm. But once you say, I want to do it my way and you get to that point of like, I want to do it, I want to do it. Um, you leave the father's arms. And that could be one of the most devastating mm -hmm. things you ever did. Mm -hmm. And sometimes not to your own fault. Maybe you were uh, abused or maybe mm -hmm. um, something really awful happened to you. And some, somehow the image of your fa of the father, God the father, or Mary as mother, or Jesus' yeah. brother was ruined. Uh, I was just gonna wonder if you could speak into that of how you've seen the beauty of that, but also maybe the, the fear of that when people try to be God. Yeah, it's, it is a horrible burden to have to take on ourselves mm -hmm. to try to be God. And it's one that we're not meant to bear. So he talks about in Matthew, you know, Jesus wants to give us a light burden, a, a mm -hmm. yoke that it's easy for us to bear. And I think that is the, the invitation that he is offering to all of us, all of those who've been trying to bear this impossible yoke. Yeah. Come to me. Let me be yoked to you. I'll carry the weight and you can just walk with me. Um, and as far as those who have been wounded and hurt, I guess it's just that invitation, that hope, like just open your heart just a little to trust the Lord, even though you have been wounded, because if you give him just a tiny little bit, he's going to bless you with so much more than you can ask or imagine. Mm -hmm. But it does take that act of trust on your part to do that and certainly we can all be praying that we have the courage to do that too yeah yeah on page 50 maybe we can kind of end with this and we'll just there's so much here i was thinking of how angry i was yesterday because there's so much to talk about but um on page 50 <laughs> he talks about uh but this rest you know obviously unyoking ourselves uh, that jesus gives us become like him 
itself has a condition. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says, he does not take away the burden of our slavery to artificial ideals, social conventions, materialistic values, the cult of pleasure and of the body, and any number of obsessions. But he does this only in order to give us the yoke of his own. Mm -hmm. It is clear that as creatures, mm -hmm. we are always going to be serving some master or the other. It can be society, individual persons, a certain powerful group, some idea we are obsessed with, or perhaps our own tyrannical and capricious will in the form of addictions to money, possessions, sex, drugs, alcohol, or simply the thrill of power and success. Clearly, any of these can be a cruel tyrant, and we will be poor slaves laboring under its tyranny. Or, thank God he says or, <laughs> uh, we can serve and share the labor of him who is gentle and lowly of heart, the son who invites us to the intimacy of the father by sharing his own destiny and mission. I think that's just that it's spirit of the world, like mm -hmm. worldly endeavors, and we have to renounce that. And I just mm -hmm. firmly believe if we renounce that in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of the world and I accept the yoke of Jesus, like a simple prayer you could say, mm -hmm. um, that'll allow us to unburden ourselves. But then I think it has to be a daily thing because mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because we're also physical beings. We are matter. Um, but there's also the invisible realm and like mm -hmm. we don't always see the addiction but it's there mm -hmm. you know and i think the lord wants to free us clearly from that um yeah. maybe i'll let you end with a few words and we'll do a couple shout outs just to uh, right. continue this journey with our with our friends yeah i think that is right that we that passage you read we're mm -hmm. going to serve someone we're made to worship we're mm -hmm. made to serve and the masters that we often choose are just so harmful to us. We don't mm -hmm. see that, but the the loving goodness of our Heavenly Father says, come and serve and follow me. Mm -hmm. And his voice is gentle. So maybe that's the last thing to end with, the gentleness and tenderness mm -hmm. of Jesus calling to us. So yeah. if you have voices in your head that are angry or harsh or accusing, that's yeah. not Jesus. <laughs> that's yeah, that not him. So mm -hmm. ignore those ones and listen for that quiet, still, gentle voice mm -hmm. of the Lord calling you to a, a light yoke. Yeah, and I think for me, um, often when I place myself in the Father's arms, which is usually, Father's arms, when I, where I usually do when I do my examine prayer, not the examination of conscience, but the examine prayer, uh, I just hear the Father often saying, shh, mm -hmm. shh, mm -hmm. relax, <laughs> I got this, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. more trust, more abandonment. Mm -hmm. um, as we, as we close, we, again, we want to say thank you for, for joining us. Um, I just want to give a couple shout-outs uh, just to have some fun, too, to make sure we have, we're not uh, Debbie Downers or anything like that or uh, Angry Andrews or whatever you want to call them. But, um, <laughs> we've been burning a candle the whole time while we've been here, and it's by a company that I started finding in a seminary. They're called Manly Indulgence, and this particular one smells amazing. It's called Suit and Tie. So I just want to give a shout-out to them. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you have any favorite scented candles, but maybe you can give a shout out to your favorite scented candle. Oh, well, I do like this one. I like jasmine. That's probably mm -hmm. my favorite scent. So this one has jasmine in it. So oh, does it? Well, yes, perfect. it does. Jasmine, I mean, sandalwood, and sugary musk. Yeah, sandal, yeah. <laughs> sandalwood is what's up. Um, also wanted to give a, a shout out to a few people we found that were listening that I didn't know were listening. Um, one person is AJ Garcia. Uh, I met him a long time ago. Not that long ago, but 
when I heard you was listening, you kind of warmed my heart. So mm-hmm. I just want to say, give you a shout out. Maybe you want to give a shout out. Sarah. Yeah, we heard also Sue Dewayne from the diocese. She works in the Curia and is a huge help to us at the Newman Center in yeah, so you, many Sue. ways. We love you, Sue. Thank mm-hmm. you. And always is a kind and friendly person to talk to when I have to talk about money, which may not be <laughs> my favorite thing, but well, she makes it pleasant. Yeah, so thank you, sure. Sue, for listening. Yes. And also, um, I've been really uh, struck by uh, a woman named Sarah Swafford. She's pretty popular in the Catholic sphere, so if you can follow her, um, so it's not to give, she'd be a hopeful listener, shout out for me, something we should listen. <laughs> and also, I really enjoy another woman named Jennifer Fulweiler. She's a Catholic comedian. We watched a little clip of hers talking about her Christmas lights being dark, and she called them Lent lights to show like the darkness of sin, <laughs> which I thought was funny, because I think we need that. I don't know if you have any hopeful listeners or not. Oh, Bishop well, Rickon? Yeah, hey, Bishop, <laughs> we love you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, anyone who listens would be a wonderful, hopeful listener, mm-hmm. so we welcome you. All those unnamed hidden people, too, we're mm-hmm. grateful for your listening. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, if you have any prayer requests, um, our email address is titancatholics at gbdioc.org so you can always send us one and or two or seven or whatever and we'll definitely pray for you uh so let's close with a prayer uh let's be the last paragraph of the book on page 55 and i think it's just a very simple prayer so we'll close in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit Amen. amen may jesus transform us gradually into the utterly free and utterly obedient person He already is and has been from all eternity. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.